Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of the podcast Beautiful You. I'm your host Avantika. Today is International Transgender Day of Visibility and to celebrate this occasion, we have a bonus episode out today. Transgender Day of Visibility is an annual awareness day celebrated around the world. The day is dedicated to celebrating the accomplishments of transgender and gender non-conforming people while raising awareness of the work that still needs to be done to achieve trans justice. To celebrate the day, we have a beautiful guest with us today. Her name is Claire. She's from Norwich, New York. She's 24. She has done her bachelor's in computer science. She has been out since 2021 of January and she has been on hormones for about 2 years and 13 days. We actually met on a um travel discord and she is such a vibe. Thank you so much Claire for being here. I really appreciate you taking your time out and share your journey with us today. Okay. So, hello everybody. My name is Claire. I started my transition as Ava said 2 years ago and I am proud to be who I am today. Um, I know that Ava has a few lovely questions for me. So, Ava, if you would like to get started, go ahead. Sure, yeah. So, just a heads up, um when she says Ava, she's basically referring to me. So, sometimes I make a lot of friends or the globe. So, sometimes it's a little difficult for them or just, you know, it's more convenient if they just call me Ava instead of Avantika. So, I just wanted to like clarify that. Because like my audience <laughs> is like Indian a lot so they would be a little confused like oh who's Ava so us Americans we shorten stuff okay it's like <laughs> oh your name's Avantika it's now Ava okay so Claire um could you tell us a bit about yourself and just your you know your journey uh, that has been so far hi so my journey has been a exciting one as a transgender individual i knew back when i was 12 years old i knew that something was up that when my female classmates were developing and I was not that there was something very that was wrong and I didn't know who to go to who to talk to about it or what to even do about this process mm-hmm. and then I was raised Catholic I grew up in the Catholic church and the one grand who do you turn to you can't turn to your parents you can't turn to your teachers I didn't know who to go to at all. And I eventually throughout high school and college discovered what a transgender individual was or who they are as an individual. And then one day in 2021 in January, I decided to come out and to start my lovely journey. How did you come across um you know like in college like you mentioned you came across the like transgenders in college so how did you come across that just through interacting every day with other individuals there is an identity group on my college's campus mm-hmm. um the identity alliance which i grew grew with and i became a member of their executive board and you know us as a in the united states at least the communities are vastly different where we all would get together we'd have cookouts and barbecues and just get to know the overall queer community and it was it was amazing. Okay. Um so how has your you said that you've been on hormones for the last 2 years and 13 days, right? How has your journey been with regards to um using hormones? In regards to using hormones, the progress was slow at first. Mm-hmm. Um girls out there or to my trans men or non-binary friends, um 
anybody who is on hormones just know that the beginning is slow and it's going to be rough because you're going to want the transition to happen just instantly you are going to instantly want to have the features of the gender or body that you identify most with mm -hmm. and for me that was so so true i wanted to have all of the features of a female immediately i'm like yes i'm finally on hormones let's go and then it was slow progress so just know out there that although progress is slow it does happen if if i could see myself today from two years ago and where i am today mm -hmm. i would be baffled my mind would be blown i am now on shots so i started out on the pill i started out on the estrogen pill and they slowly upped my dosage of it. Um, they slowly upped the dosage of estrogen from two milligrams to four milligrams to six milligrams to eight milligrams. Mm -hmm. And now I'm on the injection. So now I do an intramuscular injection every two weeks of 1.5 milliliters at 20 milligrams per milliliter. Hmm. That's interesting. Wait, so. And I take it on the lactone. Oh, so you take it for the lifetime? Yes. Yes, I take it for life. Okay. Um, how is like, what is the process like for transitioning in US? Because I'm assuming it's different in different countries, right? So how is it like in US? So in the, in the United States, what we do is this thing called informed consent. Mm -hmm. um, since the healthcare system is vastly different than that in Europe, for instance, I have, I know of two trans individuals in the United Kingdom. Um, both of them are male to female trans as I am. And they have been on the wait list for three years and still haven't started hormones. Wow. Three years, three years of knowing and being out. So I am grateful and lucky for the country that I live in and the country that I have been able to develop in. Mm -hmm. um, because all we have to do is com informed consent. We sign the form, which is scary in some cases. It's like, you know, our, I had a conversation with somebody uh, recently actually on the server. Mm -hmm. um, and and he was like, so, you know, what checks and balances were there? I'm like, the only real one, the only real person who questioned me was my therapist. Uh, and out of everyone, the only one who really pressured me, whereas if, it's like, is this truly what you want, mm -hmm. was my therapist. My doctor, yes, she asked me questions and medically necessary questions, but then that just fun. Great one, because I know that this is who I am and who I've always been. Right, yeah. But for others, that might not be the case. But I mean, the statistic is so low on people who detransition. Mm -hmm. um, I'd have to actually look it up because I don't want to give the wrong information to all of you out there. But Definitely take the time today, look up the statistic for your country of the people who detransition. And I will guarantee you, it is way less than those who decide to transition. Why do you think uh, the reason behind that would be? The reason behind people detransitioning versus um, transitioning. And do you know what I mean when I say detransitioning? You know, having regrets about. Yeah, so do you think do they like go back to the uh, gender that they were born with? Yes. Okay. So are you aware of the process that goes behind it? No, I'm not. I cannot speak on that process because I haven't done my research on it because it's not something that I foresee doing. Yeah, no, that makes sense. So um, you were 22, right? When you started on hormones. Yes, I was 22 years old, 22 years young. 
22 years young. And yeah. God, I, I feel like I am 16 going on 17. Oh, that's so beautiful. I love that. <laughs> I love your energy, man. Hormones. The, the hormones have changed my life. Yeah, I I love that. Like, honestly, I see how um, happy you are talking about your journey and just how happy you're with like the outcome. Even even when we're on calls on the on the server, it's so nice to always like talk to you. Your vibes are just so welcoming, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay. So I am generally really curious to know what's the process behind that. Like for you. You mentioned that you had to go to a therapist. There was like informed consent and such, right? But like, do you talk to a psychiatrist first and then get their, I don't know, like a consent or something? Like they they give like the go for transition or like, is there like a procedure that involves psychiatrists as well? Or like general practitioners maybe? Do you have to go through several tests to get approved for a transition? So, in terms of transition approvals, they follow the WPATH 7 standards, and now WPATH 8, I believe, is out. So, WPATH stands for World Professional Association for Transgender Health, and it is a gender dysphoria association. It's a professional organization devoted to the understanding and treatment of transgender individuals. So, they follow that standard of care of WPATH 7 and WPATH 8 when it comes to evaluating somebody who has gender dysphoria because we are diagnosed with gender dysphoria. It's a mental health disorder. So they follow that standard of care and that standard of practice. So there's certain check boxes that a patient needs to meet. And no, I started my transition two years ago, over two years ago now. So do I necessarily remember all of the questions that they asked me to start my journey? Lord, no, it was one doctor's appointment. Oh, okay. So I knew what I wanted. Yeah. And they just delivered. So there were, wasn't necessarily like um, a follow-up, like several follow-ups? Uh, yes, we, ha- we had a appointment three months out, then another one three months out. And then in the meantime, I was also going through therapy separate from my gender transition. And then it, my gender transition sort of intertwined into... Um, going and touching base on my gender transition because in order for uh, transgender surgeries, which we'll get into later, I'm sure, um, but one of the requirements are letters from therapists right. for okay. surgery. Okay, makes sense. Because like, there is, um, honestly, I would have conversations with people who identify as, a, as transgender and a lot of them are just scared to, um, you know, come out and seek help because the the process is so complicated and maybe it's like different in different countries i'm sure um but you have to go to the general practitioners you have to go to psychiatrists you have to go to therapists and you have to like keep on going through so many people to just get approved um for transition and to be on pills and hormones and all that you know it sounds a little taxing to be honest because gender dysphoria is not something that's easy to deal with at all so you're already dealing with that you're already dealing with so much so many things at the same time then you also have to like go through such a tedious process exactly exactly and that is what i found in in europe and other european countries Mm -hmm. and then there is data out there from the national institute of health Mm -hmm. where suicide among transgender youth Data indicates that 82% of trans individuals have considered killing themselves and 40% have attempted suicide. Oh my God, that is awful. And that's in our trans youth. 
That is so awful. Gosh. And that is, and also I struggled a lot with that when I first started. That's one of the reasons why I ultimately decided to come out was I, I started to see myself going down a path that I did not want to personally go down. Mm -hmm. And it, it, the tunnel was getting darker and darker and darker. I'm so proud of you. Thank you again for being here. Honestly, this means so much to of me. Course. To so many other people who are listening to the episode, you know, thank you for advocating for it and for sharing your journey with us. This is my pleasure. Okay, so I have a couple of questions for you. Of course. Um, okay, how did people around you respond to you coming out to them? So my family was shocked, to put it lightly. They didn't know how to take it. I actually came out to all of my friends on my college's campus. Oh. Okay. And my professors yeah. before my parents knew. Hmm, okay. How was that like? It was like I was keeping a secret from them. And it was a very, very big secret that I didn't want anybody to know about. And then I grew more comfortable with my secret. And now I share that secret with the world. Mm -hmm. So it was it was definitely tough mm -hmm. about when I when I first came out and when I when I first told people. They're like, Oh, you're what? You were a what? And you wanna be a what? Mm -hmm. It's like you were a you were a boy and now you want to be a girl? Mm -hmm. Why? The biggest question was why? And then they got stuck, my mother especially got stuck on the fact that she lost a son. And she told me that she had lost a son. And I'm like, but you have you're a beautiful daughter who loves you and you should love them with every bit of respect that you had for your son. That sounds intense. It was very intense, especially for a 22-year-old who's just now discovering themselves course, yeah. and coming out to be their true being. What do you say was the hardest part of the journey for you? The hardest part of my transition journey would be just all of the waiting, the waiting, the waiting for surgeries, for this hormone, for that hormone. Some hormones they don't prescribe in the U.S., others they do. Um, it varies from country to country. Mm -hmm. And then the other one is, do I tell people? Do I tell people that I'm transgender? Mm -hmm. uh, me and you were talking about this a little bit before this, actually. Yeah. Um, I have a, there's a girl's trip to Hawaii that we have planned for beginning of August. Do mm -hmm. I tell these other 20 girls? that I'm transgender, yeah. that I'm male to female trans? Or do I just let it lie because I've always wanted to be one of the girls? Mm -hmm. And that's something that I still don't know the answer to and I don't know if I even will by the time I get there. But that is all part of the journey. When is this trip going on? August 1st. Okay. Is there anyone on Tentatively. the trip that knows about it? Carly. Oh, okay. Maybe, if Carly's going. I think she's going on the Florida trip as well. Yes, but I, I, she hasn't confirmed Hawaii yet. So, so far, how do you know that you want to tell someone about, um, you know, that you identify as a um, trans woman? So, like, how, how do you know that you want to tell someone about it? Or Actually, you don't want to tell someone about it? I sort of gauge their body language, um, mm -hmm. their demeanor towards things, certain comments that they make about things that people do or say. Or, um, I mean, if there's somebody who comes up to me, and says, oh, that's a woman's job. First off, I'm offended. Secondly, <laughs> I know that I don't want to tell that individual. Mm -hmm. um, I grew up in a very conservative town. 
I'm one of two trans individuals. So I, there's me and then there's one other trans individual in this town where I live. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So word spread quick a lot around town when I came out. And that was tough because I lost so many people. But you truly get to know who your friends are when you start your journey. Because those who want to stay are your true friends. How would you say like this, you know, coming uh, coming out affected your friendships and like even your career, you know? So my friend, in terms of my friendships, um, most of them weren't affected. I really don't, believe it or not, I don't have many friends. Um, I at least in person most of my friends are online and in online communities yeah um, so there's about five or six people who I who I'm like really decently good friends with in person mm-hmm. um, who I actually like go out and see and visit with whereas the others are online so it hasn't really affected my true friends as much as one would think um, it affected these false friendships Per se, yeah, um, where I lost people because I, I made a whole coming out post um, and posted it on my Facebook page when I first came out, which I might actually pull up and read a little bit of here in, in a little bit for the podcast to hear what my first raw thoughts were back two years ago. I haven't looked at it since I posted it. Oh my gosh, yes, let's do it. So I haven't, I haven't looked at that in a while. And then the other, um, when it came to my career, so coming out, has affected my career in many ways. My great grandmother actually spoke a little bit on this. God bless her heart. She is 97 years old and from Germany. So one thing that I realized is the gender pay gap right off the bat. When I left my job Mm -hmm. at Lowe's and went to a different job, I was being paid less than my male coworkers, all because of my gender. Oh yeah. what What has the system come to? Where I'm getting paid less now because I'm a woman versus being a man. I and the status like, quo that goes yeah. with that as well. There's this, uh, based on research, I think, um, there's this thing where uh, a woman gets paid 0.77 cents for every dollar that a man makes. I know. That's like 33% less of, you know, your male counterpart. That's what you get in US. The gender gap is just bad. The pay gap. Yeah. The gender gap in general is bad because... They will classify some some jobs as being a male-centric job or a male more towards a male position, mm-hmm. whereas yeah. other jobs they'll designate as like a woman's job, like a, a desk job, for instance. Ah, yeah, 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 makes sense. It's that sucks, man. So you would have like experienced it both ways. That's crazy. Yes, I have experienced it both ways, and I feel so so bad for all of the women out there. Who have had to deal with this because it's not right mm. there's so much that's wrong with just the world in general but that's like the thing that we'll cover in some other episode yes okay so are there any fears based on as the you know based on transitioning transgender with respect to surgeries hormones you mentioned that you were about to get a surgery in november like a bottom surgery um my consultation my consult for us so <laughs> Yeah. So the so the consultation for bottom surgery, yes, my my bottom surgery consultation, which is a vaginoplasty for all of those out there who don't know what it is, mm-hmm. um, it's basically the physical creation of a vagina. Mm-hmm. 
And the consultation for that is November 7th, 2023. So November 7th of the year that this is being recorded. <laughs> and I cannot wait. I absolutely cannot wait for it. I'm and the so wait excited. list, the wait list is incredibly long um, for a procedure of this magnitude. And there have been so many different hurdles that I've had to go through. You have to be, you have to be on hormones for over a year. You have to be living as the gender that you identify with for more than a year. You have to have seen two different therapists, two different therapists for more than a year each. Oh. In order to even have this surgery. Because it is such a life altering surgery, but it is so worth it. So you need at least like two years uh, after you have come out and started seeking help when you would at least like get the consultation for it. Uh, before before your consultation, you have to have all of these things done. So you have to have a year okay. of therapy. Mm-hmm. You have to have a year of living as the gender that you identify with, and you have to have you have to be out to all your friends and family, mm-hmm. and be living in that gender, and have been on hormones for a, a year. Yes. Ah, uh, okay, that makes more sense. What about the top surgery? Um, you need one letter um, from a therapist for top surgery. You need to also still be on hormones for a year and you have to be living as um, your true identity for a year. And you need a letter. So you need a letter from your doctor. I forgot to mention that. You need a letter from your doctor mm-hmm. um, and a letter from a therapist and all of the other things that I just mentioned for top surgery. And then you need the letter from your doctor, a letter from two different therapists, mm-hmm. and then everything else that I mentioned for bottom surgery. For bottom, do you think you would be uh, like going for the top surgery as well? It depends on where my breast development is at okay. in the next year. Um, okay. Because my, my hormone levels have just gotten to the proper levels because mm-hmm. I do blood work every, every few months. I do blood work to check my hormone levels to see where my estrogen level is, where my testosterone level is, mm-hmm. everything else. Um, and my my breasts have only real, realistically been growing at the proper level, at the proper level of hormones for six to eight months. Mm-hmm. And it takes about one to two years for proper breast development in a trans individual. Mm-hmm. And time varies from person to person. So this isn't accurate for every trans individual. This is just my experience with it. Yeah. Um, as you know. Yeah. Yeah, it's it really does depend from a person to person. Some so, do you have any like? Are there any fears based on you know transitioning? Any other fears based on transitioning? Yeah, not that I actually have because I've been living as myself for so long. But I guess the biggest fear that I had at first was accepting and being mm-hmm. accepted as a woman. Yeah, being me, I just want to live life as myself. What is something you wish people knew about uh, your journey and about, you know, trans people who identify as transgenders? Something I wish that people knew would be just what it's like. Just how amazing and how beautiful the world truly becomes after you start living as your true self and under your true identity. It's something I struggled with at first mm-hmm. in so many different ways. Where now, today, I walk outside and say it's a beautiful world and I smile and I just love life where before I was just counting my days going through the motions so a lot of it for those out there if you're still going through the motions don't be afraid feel free to be yourself I know that it might be difficult 
but take that first step mm-hmm. because you will feel so much better, world better than anything that you've ever felt before. That's amazing. I am genuinely curious. What makes you, you know, the most excited? What's your favorite part about stepping into your true identity? The thing that excites me is just being seen as a woman, being mm-hmm. seen, understood, and loved and cared for as a girl, as a woman in today's society. It makes me so happy when I don't have to worry about passing anymore. Uh, one of the biggest struggles that I had when I first started was my appearance, um, how I looked. I did not know how to do my hair. I didn't know how to do hardly anything at all mm-hmm. in the in the feminine world and all of my female friends were those who identify as a woman at college helped me immensely through my transition through my journey they taught me so many different things and i'm still learning yeah I'm still learning how to be a woman in today's society and it baffles me that i learn something new every single day but i i smile I go out there and I'm seen as a woman and that just makes me the happiest girl. The happiest girl in the world. That is amazing. I wish people could see, you know, see you when you're talking about it because like right now I'm looking at you and it's like I can I can tell. I can see how happy it makes you. I wish people could just like see that spark and that beautiful smile that you have when you're just talking about it. That's amazing. I'm so making me blush. <laughs> I am so happy for you man. <laughs> what when do you feel the most beautiful? I feel the most beautiful when I personally when I'm all dolled up and when I go out and mm-hmm. go out to like the the different bars or I go out to the different city spots and just experience the world and the travels that I can that I can mm-hmm. and it it just brightens my day um wearing a dress that's honestly when i when i feel the most true and the most beautiful being that i ever was because i love wearing dresses i never got to wear them when i was younger yeah. i've only been wearing dresses now for 2 years so which cool. is so cool it's so surreal i i love the flow of them and mm-hmm. if i can find an excuse to wear a dress girl you bet your ass i'm wearing one <laughs> that is so cool Oh. <laughs> you know, though I remember, I still remember like the first time I ever saw you uh we were on the Discord call and I think that there were like a couple of other there like Tracen and Carly and everyone and we were just like hanging around and you had your camera on and honestly I was like oh that's such a pretty girl. That's that was like my first thought that I, that I you know had. It's like oh you're so beautiful. Like I, I couldn't tell like for when I was like looking at you I was like oh that's such a beautiful woman out there, you know? Oh, thank you. You guys could see how much she is making me blush right now. <laughs> but this uh, you know if this was like a video podcast then they would have seen it. Your, your face is a red girl. <laughs> a little like off topic but what's your sexual orientation? My sexual orientation. Mhm. Now, for those of you out there who don't know what the basis of this question is, um that Ava is asking me. <laughs> there's a big yeah. difference mm-hmm. between sexuality and your gender identity so your sexual identity and and how you identify um with your sexuality mm-hmm. is vastly different than your gender identity and i struggled with that at first when i was first discovering myself i'm like am i straight am i lesbian now am i bi what am i mm-hmm. um personally for me i am a lesbian 
I prefer women, but also I am bi curious, and that is current. That's my current situation.、Mm-hmm. Subject to change. <laughs> really depends because sometimes I'll see a cute guy and I'll be like, "Oh, he's kind of cute." And I'm like, "What am I thinking? God, I used to be a guy, and God, men, disgusting." But then I'm like, "But he's cute." <laughs> But yeah, no, I get it.、Um, I love women as well. I mean, how could you not? You know? Yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs>、uh, so okay,、um, how, how has dating been for you after coming out? Interesting, interesting subject there. So I actually,、um, sorry if you're listening to this, but I actually broke up with my girlfriend of eight years. Oh my gosh, that's a long time. And you didn't know this. She did not know this, by the way, everybody. Yeah.、Um, <laughs> <laughs> but、know. we broke. We broke up.、Um, it just it, it it had nothing to do with the tra- with the transition. She absolutely loved me and accepted me for who I was and did not care. Um, she came out to me as gray ace,、uh, gray asexual.、Um, so, which I respected her for that. But I have、um, certain needs that I have to have at the end、mm-hmm. of the day. If you know what I mean. Yeah.、Um, and you know, and then there was just a lack of communication. I hadn't heard from her in like a month, month and a half. And that, there was a hurricane coming through, and I just I hadn't heard from her, and I was worried, sick about her. And I'm like, I cannot keep doing this. I cannot keep putting myself. In this situation like this,、mm-hmm. so I I eventually broke things off, and I'm like, look, it genuinely I cannot do this any longer. I I need somebody who is there, and、mm-hmm. I I love her still to this day. Don't get me wrong, we are we've stayed friends. I mean, eight years in a relationship that's a long time. Yeah, yeah. We have luckily been able to stay friends, and、mm-hmm. we've still played video games together and everything. But we got we don't have that like intimate relationship anymore. So currently, as of the time of this podcast, I am sadly single. So if any of you want to change that, let me know in the comments. But no, <laughs> no, I I recommend it. Hit her up; she's amazing. You know, <laughs> there are like some listeners from US as well. So like, hit her up. She's in US. If you're from India and if you want to do long distance, do it. Let's go. Let's go. I, obviously, I've done long distance because that eight years was long distance. So、oh. I I can do long distance. Let's go. For all eight years, it was long distance. For all eight years, yep, yep. I would、wow. go and see her,、um, but yeah. yeah, yeah. That that's like a long time. What is something that you would tell to your younger self? I would tell her to look towards the future, and that it would be that it will be beautiful, and everything will be okay. That is what I would tell her. That's what I would tell my younger self. Don't be afraid. You got this, girl. I love how self-aware and how like emotionally mature you are. You know, I love, I love it. I love your message.、Oh, it's this is making me emotional. I'm not gonna.、Lie. It's okay. Oh, I love that. Okay. Um. Okay. So since we met on our traveling sober, I would love to know how travel has been like for you. Traveling is an interesting story. Um. We've all heard the t- the stories, the TSA horror stories. What's、um, going、TSA? through?、What? I have never heard of that. What do you mean? You've never heard of the TSA? No. Transportation Security Administration. TSA.、Uh, could, could you repeat what you said? Transportation. What? Trans Transportation Security Administration. Oh, transportation. Um, ba- ba- basically, um, after nine eleven, they were they really ra- ramped up, and it's basically airport security. Um,、oh, okay, okay, yeah. So when I fly. 
the biggest worry is getting clocked. You know, being when I say being clocked, I mean being recognized as male. Even though I fully present female, and if you saw me on, you would not anything else. But when it comes to TSA, they X-ray your body when you walk through. You walk through. There's a scanner. They、mm-hmm. hit a button, male. Or female, based on your appearance, it's a very binary system which they're working to change, and I don't know if they've changed it yet、mm-hmm. to not necessarily focus on identifying things.、Yeah. But I've heard stories of women, of trans individuals, or however they wish to identify, being pulled aside and getting an extra little nice pat down in between the groin because their appendage. We'll keep it a little PG here. Their appendage. Set off an alarm saying it's a suspicious item because they were scanned as female, or that there's something specific.、Uh, there's a unknown foreign object in between the legs, and it's like, yes, I totally identify with the fact that that object is foreign to me, but I don't need you touching that TSA. Yeah, no, yeah, right. So、Ooh. I, you have, you have to really know your rights when you fly as a trans individual, at least leading up to your surgery. Like I know when I fly, it's one, of, it's actually one of the biggest fears that I have, even. Even still today, I'm、um, I'm flying out to London on the second of April of this year,、mm-hmm. and I'm worried about going through TSA, worried about going through customs, because、mm-hmm. I have hormones, I have medications that I have to bring with me that I have to be on for the rest of my life that I cannot have being confiscated by TSA.、Um, but know your rights out there. Research the rights for your country or the state that you live in. Mm-hmm. Is what I can is what I is what I recommend.、Um, I know that at least in the United States, I have the ability to request a private screening, a private pat down by a female officer because that is the gender I identify as. So you have to really know your rights. So I I know to request a private screening, female officer, supervisor, three、uh, keywords. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. How do you deal that? I can imagine that must be so anxiety-inducing. How do you deal with such situations? I I actually haven't encountered it yet,、um, and I've flown a few times since coming out as transgender. I actually had I was actually less worried going through Secret Service、um, scanning than I was for、um, flying out to DC. So、um, for those of you, well, none of you would know this. I don't even think Ava knows this. But I went to Washington D.C. in October to meet with several Biden-Harris administration officials,、um, including the Vice President of the United States, Kamala Harris. Shut up! That is so. What? I had no idea. That is so cool. I will send you a picture of me of me with her, and we spoke with each other for we spoke for thirty minutes、um, as a group to her, and we were there in part in part with College Radio Day and Voices for Peace. Um, with the whole Ukraine situation, and I got to meet Julian Lennon, who was John Lennon's son before this, as well. That is so cool! Oh my god, that is so cool! So I was actually more comfortable going through Secret Service, yeah,、um, security, than I was going through the airport to get there. Wow! I know that's a lot to process right now. Just casually dropping that here, you know, that、um, is- but. There'll be a podcast linked below to that audio recording from that interview if you all want to listen to it. Oh my god! Yes. Sorry, I just I just totally stole your podcast, Ava. <laughs> no, 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 that's completely fine. I'll send the link and I'll be like linking it down below, guys. Please check it out; it would be amazing. 
Um, okay, yes. back to some. I have like two, three more questions for you. How do you think we as a society okay. could make a better place for people who identify as transgenders? Like common people like me, you know. Like how could how could we step it up and how could we make it make society a better place? Just make it more known. Make it more common. Make it so that people aren't necessarily afraid to be who they are. Mm-hmm. Don't be judgmental. You know, a lot a lot of people are judgmental um, when it comes to the term transgender and being mm-hmm. trans. It's like, oh, they're trans. There's this bad connotation around being transgender, and a lot of people don't understand that it's just who they are. Mm-hmm. It's just they were born in the wrong body. What do you think needs to be changed, or something that needs to be done more? Something that needs to be changed. It would. Definitely, be awareness, uh, different programming for it, different um, ways that the media deals with it, and just overall more more knowledge about the subject. Um, there, there really should be more knowledge out there for individuals, um, whether that be just at your general doctor's office or um, just out on the streets. Don't be afraid. Put it out there. Be you. Right. That's a beautiful message. What would you say to someone who is transitioning or is in the questioning phase of their identity? That's a tough question, actually. Out of all of these questions, that is a tough question um, because for somebody who is juggling with their own identity, it is a individual process. Mm-hmm. Um, to them, I would say you are loved no matter what you choose. You will make it. And I would just, I would go up to them if I knew them. I would, if I knew that they were struggling, just come up, give me a hug. <laughs> Any of you out there who see me on the street, come out, give me a hug. I'm there for you. I got you. Thank you for spreading so much love out in the universe. You know, that's that's amazing. Now there was that post that we were talking about earlier. I don't know yeah, if you want to. I was going to come back to, to share that. The Facebook post, yeah. Would you like to uh, read yeah. it for for us? Yes, yes. Um, so, for a little bit of context, back when I first came out to everybody, so this post was made March twenty fourth, twenty twenty one. I actually was on hormones before I posted this. Mm-hmm. Um, that's crazy. That's a crazy thought. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so, what it says is, "Dear loved ones, friends, and family, I want to thank you all first for shaping me into who I am today. Without all of your love and small moments in." time spent together i wouldn't be where i am or even who i am today this past year with the pandemic shutting down the whole world a year ago to now having some borderline defense against covid with a vaccine a lot has changed a lot has changed over the last year and so have i what i'm about to tell you is a huge step for me and i thought that this would never happen a step that seemed impossible to say My name is Claire. I am a transgender female. I am more confident in who I am now than ever before in my life. To tell you all this takes a ton of courage. I never expected to be here telling you this, but I am. I am I am proud to do so. Let me get some different questions out of the way first. I have known that I am a female for quite some time and I've kept it to myself. In the end, this is who I am. I didn't choose to be trans and born in the wrong body. It ended up happening that way. This is who I have been and will continue to be. What I have chosen is to express who I truly am and live a happy life. 
what does transitioning entail? Hormones? I am currently taking hormones to become the woman I am. Surgery? Yes, eventually I will have the op. No idea on the time frame yet, but eventually. Why now? I was scared of who I would lose, what I would lose. I saw myself starting to go down a dark path and I did not want to go down that path. I now see that I have nothing to be ashamed of and nothing to lose. In conclusion, to those of you who decide to stick around throughout my journey, my love and gratitude goes out to you. My adventure and life begins now. With tons of love, Claire. That is such a beautiful message. Wow, how are you feeling? Good. I feel amazing. I'm proud, happy, and I feel loved. I genuinely don't know how to respond to that because it's like I could feel so many emotions and so much passion into the message. And as you're reading it, I can see it on your face as well. And it's like, thank you. You're so incredibly brave, you know, for coming out and for being so true to yourself, for advocating for it despite so many challenges that you face along the way. We need more people like you and you're like always constantly blooming with love and it's just it's so overwhelming like but in a good way you know to see you being so yeah. happy with your true identity and i'm and i'm happy to share this journey and happy to spread the love and share the love because all of us out there need that love in life and if you are disowned by your family or if anybody ever makes you feel like you aren't loved talk to me i will adopt you and make you one of my own thank you <laughs> i hope this reaches out to the right people and you know it helps someone out there um me too we will be coming to an end of the episode uh before that where can people find you people can find me on instagram uh claire underscore marie underscore r you can also find me on discord um send me a friend request i i don't mind at all um you can put my discord out there now just note that my discord tag the the hashtag at the end will change for whatever year it is so right now it's 2023 so um next year if you're listening to this in 2024 it will be my username hashtag 2024 so just keep that in mind when you're looking for me on discord to add me as a friend that that does change per year um but yeah check find me on you can even find me on facebook uh claire richardson I will be linking all of her socials below. Feel free to reach out to her. She has an amazing vibe. She's so welcoming and so loving. And it's like you feel a, you know, constant connection. You feel just instant. That's the word that I'm looking for. You feel an instant connection with her. And she's always like blooming with love and just happiness and you know, radiant and of radiance and it's amazing. So if you ever feel like reaching out to someone, please do. The Instagram, um, like for all her socials, will be linked in the description below, and you can reach out to me on Instagram and email as well. So all of my socials will be linked down below. If you're listening to this um, on YouTube, I would really appreciate it if you could subscribe, comment, like, and all that. And if you're listening to this episode on Spotify, and if you like the episode, please give it us a five star review because it helps us reaches out to more people. It helps us reaches out to masses, you know. and we will be having more content where we have people over on the podcast and we talk about their journey regarding different aspects relating to mental health so thank you claire for being here before we end the episode is there anything else you would like to uh you know tell the listeners 
everyone know that you are loved and and I will talk to you all out there and also feel free to check out my traveling journeys as well um, I do travel a lot so if, if I can't catch you there I might be in your country you never know <laughs> when are you coming to India I, I bro, I don't know we just talked about this <laughs> you should you should come to India what are you doing all right all right we'll make plans we'll make plans yeah like thanks to follow guys yeah I'll be I'll be hosting you man just come to India like ASAP and if you okay, have perfect. a question oh when you're so huge where do I travel just come to Mumbai just live with me you know I'm here. Perfect. Perfect. Thank you everybody for listening to my story and allowing me to share a piece of me and my history. It means the world to me. Thank you so much for sticking to the end and thank you Claire so freaking much to be, you know, to be on the podcast and talk about your journey and it's been like throughout listening and even like just being your friend and like just getting to know parts of your journey throughout. It has been honestly so eye-opening and it's like the way you articulate about your journey and it gives us so much insight and so much understanding with so much compassion so thank you again for being here this has been an amazing episode i thoroughly enjoyed talking to you about it thank you again for being here of course all right goodbye everyone all right i'll see you guys in the next episode bye i love you